0: were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked one where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered which to be totally honest has complicated matters a bit welcome to flicking
1: yes it sounds
0: a bit rude that's the joke
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to this month's episode of our rude-sounding AV club, Flicking. This month, Hannah was on the wheels of steel. Hannah, what did you get us to spin on our TVs? This month, we watched Grey Gardens, which uh, both is and isn't one of
0: my favourite films, but is definitely one of those films that I think everybody should watch and every woman should watch. Uh, This seemed like the perfect opportunity to force you to do it. So background to this, uh, Grey Gardens is a 1975 documentary by brothers Albert and David Maisels. Perhaps the very definition of a cult film, it was placed ninth in a sight and sound poll of critics to find the best documentary ever made. It spawned a sub-genre of its own, including a musical, an HBO drama, several plays, loads of books, and too many drag shows to count. You'll find references to it across popular culture, from Rufus Wainwright songs to 30 rock episodes. And it's probably responsible for about 25% of my cultural references, (laughs) as well as my abiding fear of ever having to live with my mum again. It tells the story of the Beals, once wealthy socialites, an aunt and a cousin of former First Lady Jackie Kennedy Onassis, who have fallen on hard times. 79-year-old Big Edie, who's permanently on the verge of being completely naked, (laughs) and her her 56-year-old daughter, Little Edie, are living in one cat-shit strewn room in their Long Island mansion, while the rest of the house is overrun with raccoons, possums, and, Little Edie claims, sloths. Although she also says otters, so, you know... Um, I'm really really keen to hear what you guys made of it but before that I just want to say for me the genius of Grey Gardens is the way that it changes and the way you feel about it changes the more you see it and the older you get are the Beals delightfully eccentric or mentally ill are they victims of a society that never thought to teach them or women in fact the skills they needed to be independent or are they stubborn and self-sabotaging Is Little Edie the victim of a domineering mother who treated her as less important than her brothers and gave her body image issues? Or is Big Edie neglected by a daughter who blames her for everything that went wrong in her life? Is Little Edie right to doubt Jerry? Or is he merely the first person to stare in wide-eyed amazement at this pair and say, I need to see more of this? (laughs) There are no right answers, but I think the most interesting question of all, and this year has only intensified that for me, is the question if the rest of the world couldn't see you how would you live so yosra i know you're partial to a bit of camp in the words of big ed how can you resist
2: well do you know what? You, you've mentioned grey gardens a few times and i have to admit i never really looked into what it was and I thought when you said we were doing it for flicking that I didn't have any idea what it was and then I realized I did know because you said you've already mentioned that it's been referenced in popular culture and actually how I know about it is RuPaul's Drag Race which anyone that knows me knows I I love RuPaul's Drag Race there is a and they do (coughs) a snatch game every season where the drag queens have to do impressions of celebrities and play a game And in season five, uh, one of the drag queens, Jinx Monsoon, is Little Edie. And she does an amazing impression of Little Edie that I only realised was an incredible impression of Little Edie through Uh watching Grey Gardens (laughs) and thinking, (laughs) my goodness, Jinx Monsoon was funny anyway, but she really had Little Edie on point. So once I made that connection, I was like, I am in for this. Um, And I definitely went on a bit of a journey watching it. From a, a little bit, a little bit bemused, to absolutely loving both big and the and and really just seeing them as as you say, perhaps eccentric, and then actually feeling a little bit sad because one of the things that I was really thinking about is you know they really delve into their past throughout this this documentary and looking at old photos and thinking about their lives and and how you know they wanted to perform Mm. That's, that's what they want to do they're performers they want to perform and then they're Now performing in this raccoon infested old Grey Gardens house and there's something a little bit sad about that so I have to say I did get really into it but my emotions were sort of jumping around all over the place and (laughs) you do ask those questions Hannah that that you mentioned at the beginning
0: yeah the uh, Rufus Wainwright obviously I mean just to be clear I have a Grey Gardens t-shirt whenever I have it on somebody comes up to me and talks to me about it and it is always a gay man or a trans woman always at the LGBT community have a real love of this. So it's not surprising that Rufus Wainwright is also apparently obsessed with it. And the line that he samples in his song, Grey Gardens, is, is difficult to separate the line between the past and the present. Yeah. And that to me is just the whole of Grey Gardens. Because when you only have the past, when you don't have a future, they don't really have a present, but they definitely don't have a future. They're obsessed by it. That's all they can be obsessed by is the past. So I think it tells you way more about the 1930s, 40s and 50s than it does about the 1970s when it was set. It tells you almost nothing about the 70s. It just tells you about what life was like for women before the 70s.
2: What I also find interesting is for the 70s, this kind of film would have been a bit of a revelation because we are now in this era, we are very used to reality programmes and Mm. getting a sort of inside look into into people's lives on on the daily. Whereas I don't think perhaps were as much in the 1970s so I can imagine the kind of splash that it it probably did make then to go into the lives of characters such as Big Edie and Little Edie.
1: And I think that's a really interesting point as well because it did change the way that documentaries were made and you mentioned in reality TV and what it has become now is kind of poignant because there's an exploitative aspect I think to Grey Gardens from the Maisel's point of view or is there because I don't buy that can I explain yeah yes of course because actually Big Edie and Little Edie are canny and they love to perform and it feels like it's it could well be a give and take relationship with the cameramen and they're just joyous to have someone in their house watching what they do and have an audience but there's a real sadness that imbues Grey Gardens. I love me a bit of Tennessee Williams. And it's, you know, mm. we've got Blanche Dubois times two in in Grey Gardens, yeah. I think. So, yeah, I loved it. But like you, Yosra, I went on a real journey of emotions. Mm. They're brilliant. And I like spending time in their company from a distance. I don't think I would like to be in their house and in their actual company I take issue with the poor raccoons being called an infestation when she's literally just giving them loaves of bread and cat food every night, which was absolutely one of the highlights for me. But the lines in it, you couldn't write that dialogue. It's so, so good. It's so good. And the bit of your intro, which was brilliant, Hannah, but I think was spot on is, if we didn't think the world was watching, would we all just go a bit feral? I go a bit feral, but to that extent seems... Outrageous, but only because someone's documented it.
0: But you've lo- they've lost the frame of reference, and mm. that's the point. One of my cats, Joan, is a big puker, and when cats throw up, you go and clean it up. But sometimes you- you're just editing something, and you just want to get it finished, or you know you just want to finish watching what you're doing, or you just like you've just eaten your dinner, and you don't want to clean up cats sick. But I, my brain always says to me, this is how it started, with little lady. <laughs> if you leave it for five minutes. <laughs> Then the next one you leave for an hour. Then the next one you leave for a week. Do you know what I mean? That's how it starts. They've lost all frame of reference.
1: Clarky's just wandered in, by the way, so I'm keeping (laughs) a wary eye on whether he's going to go and shit behind the portraits. A
0: couple of things there. I agree with you 100% on the dialogue. I think one of my favourite bits is when... little lady singing and big edie keeps telling her to stop and at one point she says if you don't stop i'm gonna start drinking um, <laughs> it really makes me laugh like we can all relate to oh yeah totally. absolutely <laughs> but i don't i don't actually agree on the on the i know that it, ha- it has a lot of people have said that it feels exploitative but actually i think given that both of them are just these enormous characters and that in some other universe if their men hadn't treated them so shitly and by their men I mean their ex-husband slash dad and their sons slash brother hadn't treated them so shitly. I think they would have been well-known socialites because they are just these huge vibrant characters and the idea that if this film hadn't been made, uh, both EDs would have died alone in that house and no one would ever have known they existed. I find that to be a tragedy on the scale that the exploitative nature of it even if it is exploitative, it overrides that for me. Because I don't I think mm. they were women who would have been forgotten and it makes me sad at the thought that they, they would have been if this film hadn't been made.
1: And how many women brilliant women, vibrant women, characterful women who aren't related to Jackie Kennedy O'Nassis are living those lives and have been forgotten because it isn't being documented. That that's sad because mm. this anything that happens doesn't happen in a vacuum right so there must be other mother-daughter kind of hangouts happening particularly given the last few months the last nine months right yeah yeah
2: yeah and I think there is there is an element there you know when we're talking about them as characters as people and and you know their lives yes they've been treated terribly and they're perhaps they're not living the lives that they they wanted or dreamed of but there's also something there about the two of them that they still have such a sense of pride in who they are, and they they still have something there some kind sort of ownership there that they're not just these sort of forgotten at least in their heads perhaps not these forgotten people who are just left alone in this in this big house I don't know I got sparks from each of them that they're they're very they're actually quite proud individuals and they've they they also care for each other so i don't know there's again it's a it's a kind of multifaceted way of thinking about
0: it it is absolutely full of contradictions i mean every edie will say something really profound and then or both of them will and then contradict themselves literally two seconds later plus there's an awful lot of stuff they say that i'm not entirely sure is true um, and you certainly get like some Rashomon moments where you get the same story told from like different perspectives, and you think, I don't know what happened there.
1: Yeah, totally. You can get like three lines into one of them talking before you go, like, none of this makes sense. I mean, it's all yeah. great but does it words. Matter? But yeah, no, no, it not doesn't. At all. To
2: me, it, when I, as I'm watching it, that doesn't it doesn't really matter at all. No. But I, I do find it quite interesting.
0: But the thing you say about pride is, I get you, but it's also really, really hard to reconcile that word. When at the same time, yeah. like and literally to me, I think I mean documentaries are just the 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 absolute pinnacle of filmmaking. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I, I genuinely believe it. And it's when you see stuff that would just, or you hear stuff that just were that fiction, nobody would buy it. And and Great Gardens is riddled with these. And one of those is the image of uh, a portrait, a professional, really good portrait of Big Edie at her very best. And what it's currently now used for is kind of like a shield for the cats to go to ship behind. Mm, and mm. the final images it ends on, the the, the two images of little Edie whose life has big lady, sorry, whose life has shrunk so much that she hasn't even she can't even lie down in her bed. There is so much shit yeah. everywhere. She has to go to sleep sitting up because there's so much stuff on her bed, including cat shit and all sorts yeah. of food and crazy stuff. And and her life is just retreating and retreating and retreating, which is just such a beautiful image, I think, possibly for all, like, at, for age in general. But even though, like, that's hopefully not where any of our lives will end. And then downstairs, Lily she's just dancing with us. Just so dancing, well. yeah. Just, and it's just both such beautiful images. And I don't know if beautiful like and horrible, if you know what I mean, images. Yeah for me a documentary needs to tell you something about the human condition and if anything Grey Gardens tells you too much about the human condition (laughs) yeah it tells you some stuff you didn't want to know maybe
1: and it's worth remembering as well that when the Maisels started filming this documentary when they went and basically moved in for two months this was after they had cleaned up Grey Gardens Uh, so this is after it's been cleaned up and I was kind of like at the beginning when you're looking at all the news clippings where it's saying that they're going to get evicted if they don't sort this house out and then you go into it and I was like hang on when was this film then so it must have been before oh no this is after oh right yeah no one noticed the wall coming down or the hordes of raccoons we only see one raccoon but I think he had friends just everywhere (laughs)
0: They had to wear cat flea collars around their ankles when they made this when they were in that house because they were bitten so incessantly oh, wow. from being in the house that they had to I had to wear the flea collars. Um yeah. I mean it's wild. I don't I don't like you say I kind of wonder whether I would want to spend any time with them, but if I did, I certainly would be glad I was in tier two and I didn't have to go inside. Yeah. <laughs> and we could meet in the garden, maybe. So yeah.
2: you're saying, Mickey, about being at a distance. Yeah, totally. And there's something really good about that, but I, I don't know. that, that there's, I, it's, It all adds to that kind of sadness that I sort of felt watching it, in just terms of you know they didn't have to live like this and yet here they are and they're still so engaging as people. I don't know it's all, it just it, again it kind of adds to that emotional journey that I ended up going on that I really did not expect Anna <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: they're clearly both very clever women so yeah. like, going back to the dialogue some of it is birdsong nonsense and some of it is so sharp when Big Edie goes oh yeah France fell but Edie didn't. <laughs> <And> it's just <laughs> so funny, so quick. So you, yeah, it, it does make you think because we're all clever women. It's possible. It could. I think that there's a fear factor in Great Gardens. Yes, in the right is, circumstances, absolutely. it could happen to you. Right, could happen to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, and maybe this is the point. This is the question that maybe you wouldn't notice if it had happened to you. That for me, because like I say, lockdown. In lockdown, I persistently just posted Greg Gantt gifts, mostly of that one where she's dancing with the American flag doing the marching. And I'd be like, the postman's been, so I had to perform for him. <laughs> so there is like an element of like isolation, because that's the other thing, whether or not you think it's exploitative, the very fact that the Maisels are in the house changes the di- the ecosystem of course, yeah. a yeah, little of bit. Course, yeah. And they are they are very um, oddly jealous. There's this element of Edie doesn't like it, Big Edie doesn't like it if, No, actually, it's more likely the other way around Little Edie doesn't like it if Big Edie's getting all the attention And the whole thing about Jerry
1: Poor Interesting <laughs> because
0: interests me because Little Edie thinks that Jerry might be after her and I can't think of anything that's further from the truth than that <laughs> how old is Jerry like 24
2: he looks really young yeah. yeah
0: he does look really young and and Big Edie tells her that but she tells her it in the worst possible way and you're just like she's like why would he be interested in you <laughs> yeah mean, it's she's just,
2: brutal she the way brutal. they speak
0: to each but maybe Little Edie needs someone to be brutal with her like I say every time I watch Sometimes I come away from it and I think the little lady is just this massive victim, and then I think, oh, hang on, am I denying her agency and all of that stuff? And then other times I watch it and I think, oh, actually, it's Big Edie who's the victim because she's an old lady and she's being allowed to live by this like this by people who should
1: now know better. So it's very difficult. There's a joyful freedom, I guess, in they both live in that brutal way where they can be super brutal with each other but they are so dependent on each other that they're not going away so their relationship can be really toxic but you also see it being really loving and actually do they get to be the truest the truest self that is possible because they don't have to mind their manners with each other they can just be themselves there's no rubbing off of edges they're all fucking edges Mm. And yeah. how freeing must that be to never think, oh, I can't say that. There's no edit button; they don't have to edit.
0: Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I sometimes wonder that about like what they're wearing. I mean, we have to talk briefly about <laughs> yeah, what, they're we because oh, yeah, what they're absolutely. wearing. Oh, is- yeah is genuinely insane and my favourite moment in what the plus two favourite moments the ones where Big Edie's tip falls out and the camera just goes and looks at itself basically in the mirror (laughs) while she sorts it out and the second bit is when when she says oh do I have to go back to the chair because this swimming costume doesn't have a back and I thought what is it I can't be all swimming costumes have some form of back what are you wearing like just this no no piece of clothing is worn on the body part it is designed
1: for (laughs) i think it goes (laughs) back to what what Yosra said about pride though because even though you look around at how they're living that that feral nature of how they're living and have let that beautiful house go to rack and ruin they take some sort of Eccentric care of their appearances. Both of them, you know, paint on their mad eyebrows. So little Mm. Edie's got alopecia, right? Which is why she covers her head. So she clearly has a, a sense of self-consciousness about it. And yeah, the, but the fact that she chooses to cover her head in anything but a scarf is fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, she, she well, had
0: a scarf, but she it lost her it. in the garden and she, she couldn't find again. it. <laughs> I was just going to say that wistful
1: <laughs> moment where she's like, it's gone forever. So what, I just have to use <laughs> jumpers and skirts? <laughs>
2: yeah i love that you know a bit you can see that in her because she'll run off and say oh i've just got to go and put my lipstick on she really does she she does care about what she looks like and there's i can see the attention to detail in some of the in some of the outfits that she's wearing i can imagine that you know i don't know i just again it just goes back to that thing about that they want to have some ownership and perhaps it is a little bit for the Mazel, is that how you say? Yeah. It? Maisel, brothers, yeah. the Mazel brothers, but also I just think that's how they are. You know, they and it, it maybe is harking back to the 30s and 40s when they were, you know, dressed up and out and about and 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 living that kind of socialite life. They they want to keep a bit of that, and that's why they put that attention to detail in their makeup and their outfits. And there's something slightly joyous, but again, something slightly, I don't know, perhaps depressing about that at the same time. So yeah.
1: I think they put their eyebrows and lipsticks on for each other. Maybe not every day, but I think I think they do it even when the cameras aren't there. That's the sense I got. And they were they were both knockouts in their yeah, youth. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. So I actually,
0: I actually think Big E D is still pretty beautiful for a 79-year-old woman who's Agreed. not really wearing yeah. any clothes, to be honest. <laughs> um. I
2: think little Edie <laughs> looks fabulous in some of the scenes. I, you know, yeah. I really do. I really, really she's got, do. She's got an amazing
0: figure still. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, she got a mum who gave her massive body images. Well,
1: yeah, and she's like, oh, she doesn't feed yeah. me anymore because she's got so fat. And you're like, wow, okay, she weighs 10 stone. She's not fat. <laughs> she's not fat.
0: Whereas Big Easy seems to exist almost entirely on ice cream, which is actually something that happened to my granddad when he got really old as well. Can we talk about mothers and daughters then? Because I feel like, you know, this is the the pop culture apogee of references to mothers and daughters. And like I say, it genuinely does put some fear in my mind that if my mum and I had to live together, it would be like this pretty quickly. It would just descend into... I mean, we don't have those sort of cheese grater, Boston accents that they have um but i think the arguments and the streaking would start pretty quickly do you think it's a fair representation of mothers and daughters or do you think they are unique in their own way
1: i think that that's quite a hard question that's to a answer question. because if you were in that situation with anyone i think there would be aspects of what sneaks into gray gardens would sneak in but you're right that mother and daughter relationships whether it's true in your individual relationship with your mom, whatever that might be but certainly in pop culture are seen as combative right so it's almost like they have lived up to that stereotype but has the stereotype made that real oh it's a it's a catch 22 i don't really know i don't think i can answer your question properly so i'm going to let Yosra do that
2: uh, well i'm not i'm not sure about thinking about that combative approach but there's something there around the mother and daughter what we talked about when we say you know they they are arguing a lot but there is you can see the affection and the love that they have for each other that that perhaps get gets them through what they're living that you might not have with other relationships I'm not I'm not 100% sure I mean I have no idea what would happen if I went and lived with my mum for 25 years in isolation but just thinking along that side and one of the things that I did worry a lot about I have to say when I was watching this was well, what happens you know if Big Edie passes away, and it's just little Edie, and what what happens to Grey Gardens, and what happens what happens to her? You know, I did go and look it up afterwards and and (laughs) find out, but that was that was one of the things that, that really strongly came through for me when I was watching it. They have such a close relationship, and they're they're so similar in some ways, but different in other ways that there's a there's a real connection there. And I was a bit scared to think, you know, what happens when that when that connection sadly goes
0: that didn't really answer your question Hannah sorry but it's just no 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 I mean it was a hard... maybe I worded it badly I, yeah um I think I think it's become it's come to represent the extreme of mother-daughter's relationships and I don't yeah. think that's necessarily a fair representation either of their relationship
1: or of mother-daughter relationships in general or of pet ownership, um, or, of anything, yeah, really. pet ownership. or anything or anything I think what Yosra said was really interesting as well because I think it's something that plays on little Edie's mind, like what will happen when her mum dies. And there was a, a quote that I wrote down when she says, "We better check on Mother and the cats. She's a lot of fun. I hope she doesn't die. I hate to spend another winter here, though. Oh God, another winter!" And it is that like that transition within a, a yeah. thought that we get to see that it's it's yeah. so we don't see that usually so i think the documentary is absolutely brilliant for those unedited thoughts that flash through our brains that actually come out of their mouths
0: there's also a point in which she says i've got to get away from that icebox and she's not really specific
1: about what she <laughs> like, wants the icebox
0: and i think is <laughs> <Which> uh, <systems? laughs> i think mm, i wonder what you're talking about there Just FYI for anyone listening, uh, it's really hard to get a hold of Grey Gardens, but you can. It is on YouTube, and I wouldn't ordinarily advise people to go to YouTube when you should give money. But it's actually so hard to get a hold of, go to YouTube. But anyone interested in what happened to Grey Gardens after they left, it was bought by the journalist Ben Bradley. So it kind of stays in famous ownership, because Ben Bradley was the editor of the Washington Post when... The Watergate scandal broke, Ooh. so he is the person played by Jason Robards in All the President's Men, um, and uh, it stayed in his family. And now I think there's a fashion designer lives there. I mean, obviously in way better conditions. I think Ben Bradley spent more money doing it back up than he did on the you know buying the house. Did he keep the raccoons? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Uh, probably not. So was it a success?
2: Was I that a success don't for think what? So yeah i don't know what i expected if i'm being honest but i think in the end it really got me thinking and that kind of roller coaster of emotions and just really feeling for for both big and little Edie. i think it is an important watch i would say people do watch it
1: yeah i'm i'm glad i watched it i think the sense of claustrophobia that you get from grey gardens is absolutely heightened in lockdown so thanks for that hannah Uh, i I will watch it again i will definitely watch it again because i think those women are fascinating and actually just seeing women being allowed to be themselves on camera like that is really it's still quite unusual so yeah thank you
0: yes Uh, great You, you you went to the house with no bras you enjoyed yourself you left well, I don't know if Enjoyed Yourself so the right word, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I, I do like the idea that there'll be a point that I really, really don't give a fuck whether one of my tits falls out. Yeah,
2: I kind of want to be at that stage at some point. Maybe not in quite the same way, but... Maybe this afternoon, something...
1: <laughs> Perhaps. I've only started wearing a bra again because it's cold and it's an extra layer. It's my pick next time, is isn't it? it? Yeah, so... Yeah. We are going to watch a little bit of david lynch uh but yeah I, that's that's the correct face for david lynch reference from hannah there but we're actually going to watch the most un like david lynch we're going to watch straight story a straight story
0: yay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best david lynch